0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the Convergence Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message as our lead pastor continues his series on understanding God's economy. God bless. I want you to take your Bibles, I want you to turn to Luke 16. I want to revisit this. I had a couple thoughts, they're just, they're just kind of random thoughts today. Um, and. Uh, I want to talk to you out of, out of Luke 16, 10, and 11. And then I don't know. I don't know where we're going to go from there. It looks like I'm gonna, I really want to jump over to Luke 6 too. <clears throat> this verse here in, in Luke, and I, today I have the Passion Translation, so I'll be reading it out of the Passion Translation. Um, but let's start with verse 10. The one who manages the little he has been given with faithfulness And integrity will be promoted and trusted with greater responsibilities. So the one with little, who's faithful and integrous, will be given more. So the measure of my increase is determined by what I do with what I have now. Does that make sense? I'm going to reserve my thought. I was going to go say something else and I'm going to get ahead of myself. But those, now the Passion Translation is pretty straight up. You guys all right with that? But those who cheat with the little they have, with the little they have been given will not be considered trustworthy to receive more. Wow, that's a powerful word. The amens weren't really bristling and brisking through the room at that point. But for those who cheat, with the little they have been given, will not be considered trustworthy. That's, it. That's the key. They're not considered trustworthy. I want to be considered trustworthy. You want to be considered trustworthy. And if we're walking in that level of trust, we just say, Thank you, Lord, for helping me be trustworthy. <laughs> They will be considered trustworthy to receive more. Everyone say more. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with eternal treasures of the spiritual world? Now, a lot of Bibles today are coming out with print that doesn't have the red letter edition. I don't like that. That really, you know, sucks. I I like the red letter edition. So I know Jesus is saying this even though it's black letters. You guys know that. If you have not handled the riches of this world with integrity, why should you be trusted with the eternal treasures of the spiritual world? And if you have not proven faithful... With what belongs to another, why should you be given wealth of your own? It is impossible for a person to serve two masters at the same time. Can we say amen to that? But we try. We try. You will be forced to love one and reject the other. One master will be despised and the other will have your loyal devotion. It is no different with God and the wealth of this world. You must enthusiastically love one and definitely reject the other. You know, the scripture says, it's not money that's the root of all evil, right? It's the love of money. Money funds the kingdom. Now, we know we live in the spirit, and there are things that money can never buy. Yeah. And if anyone's trying to sell it, run away as fast as you can. Right. You can't buy the anointing. Right. You can't buy signs and wonders. You can't, those things, those, Those. if I can use the word, they're not commodities, but we'll just use that right now because that came to my mind. I don't want to deter from that. Those. Those. Those are things that you'll never buy. And if someone says to you that, Um, If you give them a hundred bucks, they'll give you a prophetic word. And that has happened. Can you run away from that as fast as you can? That is not kingdom. The level of our anointing doesn't dictate what we can take out of people's pockets. The level of our anointing does not dictate what we can take out of people's pockets. And there's a big, there's a huge dose of what I call the fear of the Lord in my heart. And the fear of the Lord is a respect, a reverence for who he is. Though he is, I live in the tension of having known God as Father, as Abba Father, as beloved one, as the one daddy God, but at the same time, I have this other side that's very reverent in approaching Abba Father. And there are times when I see these kinds of things happen, I, I just don't even want to be near them. Like if they're there, I want to be like way over here and say, Jesus, be merciful. Because I, I, I don't even want to step near that because there might be a lightning bolt. And if there is, I, I want to be away from that lightning bolt. And so what I don't understand is is, is this, this, this idea that we can somehow um, peddle pedal the gospel. And for some reason that's more that's more um, it's more common in charismatic um, circles than there, there is in the evangelical circle, though it happens there. So let's just, let's just agree with, on something. You can't buy the anointing and you can't sell the anointing. But the anointing can, can be imparted to another simply by touching the robe or the hem of Jesus. So though this is not a message on the anointing this has everything to do with stewardship. So in my early years because I do I do a lot of reading and I I see the abuses and I came up with this thought that if I don't have money or a lot of money then I won't be tempted because my level of integrity was, is, to me, very precious before the Lord. That I don't want a stream of income to come in that's going to actually tempt me and pull me away from my devotion to Jesus. Because then when I have money that's in front of me, then the love of money might attach itself to that money in my heart. Does that make sense? I might be the only one who's ever felt that way. Or is feeling that way, but that's, in my early, early years, and even in my later years, I really, there was, there was some thought back there that, that I don't give me much because I see what it's doing to pastors and ministers, and I see what it's doing to people who are leading revivals, and I see what it's doing, and it's like, Father, I just don't even want to, I don't even want to step into that territory. Like, just give me what I need, and I'd be okay with that then I came to understand that that's not really kingdom. So if I'm not faithful with what the Lord's given me, there's a direct connection between my faithfulness, with, again, with money and the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's on my life. Isn't that interesting? Though I would never say I would hoard the anointing, and keep it for myself, there is a connection between if I kept the resources that God has given me for myself, solely for myself, he says, then if I poured my anointing on you, you're going to be just as selfish with the anointing as you are with your money or the resources that I've given you. But my argument is, no, I wouldn't. No, if you gave it to me, I would freely give. And he's like, no, that's not the measure. The measure is what you do with the resources I've given you as a steward. A steward owns nothing. He manages. So we're not owners, we're managers. Are you guys all right? We're not owners, we're, we're managers. And that's a huge shift, paradigm shift in a very consumer-driven, entitlement-based culture. So when we receive extra, most people figure out, what am I going to do with the extra that I have for myself? As opposed to the increase might come for God to have you give it away. But our first instinct, because we've seen That commercial, this commercial, we want this. We have Amazon. We have all these things, right? We have all these things that we want to. And so we have to learn to go to the father and ask him what he wants us to do with the resources he has given us to manage. Because if we do that there, we'll do it here. So Jesus only did what he saw his father do. He, he managed, if I can use this word managed today, he managed the anointing on his life not just for himself, but so he can give it away. And that he can give it away based on what the Father's doing through him. Same principle holds true. You guys all right? Now we kick it up a, another level. You know, if you drive cars, you throw it into, I don't know what gear. You know, I don't, I'm not a car. I just want to go from A to B. But some guys want to go to A to B really fast. All right. Anyone like that? Yeah, okay. Okay. So for some of us, we could say, then I'll take less here so I can get my way here. Now, we just leveled off. We've leveled off in our spiritual walk with God and our purpose and destiny in maximizing our potential to God, of God, with God on the earth. And believe it or not, I do believe there are believers who have just leveled off. They can't, they can't get over this part, so they're gonna level off here. And they're gonna try their hardest to make sure they can maximize this when they could have had this. Here's what's interesting about this is that our life on the planet is a foretaste for our life through eternity. Do you understand that? That we're not gonna just, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, um, in heaven, be on clouds with little harps. Like the pictures. We're not, we're not, we're going to have glorified bodies. Say amen. Amen. We're going to have new bodies. Say amen. Amen. That body is going to be able to handle the presence of God because right now it can't. It can only handle the presence of God in a measure. But when we see him face to face, we better have some glorified bodies to actually maximize the presence and the glory that's going to be impacting us. And can you imagine that? But it does say that we're gonna rule and reign with him forever and ever. That means that we're gonna rule and reign with him forever and ever. That means, anyway, that we're gonna rule and reign with him forever and ever. That means we're gonna rule and reign. That means we're gonna be doing stuff. And the measure, this is what's crazy to thought for me. It's not crazy because it's scriptural, but it's still crazy. The measure is how I handle this has everything to do with the here and now and through eternity. So does this matter that much if God has positioned me to maximize myself in the spirit for, for my time here on earth to expand the kingdom and to also rule and reign with them in eternity? So we think little. And if we don't understand the word of God, then we position ourselves in this place of, a, of lack and this place where there is no longer an open heaven settling over us, and we're struggling, and the enemy comes to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. Anyway, you got the picture. All of those... And so now there's no covering over my life. There's no covering over, not over my life, but over my finances. I'm not resourcing the kingdom stuff well. The enemy comes in and takes whatever I'm not giving here. You know what I'm talking about. And then we're still, we're still wrestling. It's nuts. Like I said, I can't even, I, I, I mean, I started tithing when I was 21. I was a Bible college student. I had no money. And I can't even imagine not tithing. Not even giving more. 10% 10 is the beginning. Why? Because I'm sowing into the kingdom. This is the measure. I mean, you can't get a more practical message than this right here. And if you're not convinced, then go ahead. Not that I'm trying to convince you. Go ahead and look in the scripture and talk to the Holy Spirit about it. Just ask them. So there are certain scriptures we just avoid. Oh, Luke 16. Let's go to Luke 17. Luke 20. Let's go to Luke, you know, let's go, let's get back into like, let's get into a really good portion of scripture like Ephesians. Ephesians all about the glory. I love that. So what we can have is we can have people who, I'll use phrases like, who are going to, oh boy, how can I say, PG, we love you. I've said that a lot in this little series that we've done. Oh, say, PG, we love you. What's the measure of our spirituality? Obedience. Now... If we don't have the idea, if we don't have the paradigm that we're sons and daughters, that we're going to look at obedience as being harsh. If we have a paradigm that we are truly sons and daughters of a good, perfect father, obedience is easy. Obedience is not even obedience in my... Sometimes it is when it's hard. When it's hard, I call it obedience. I'm just being obedient. Glory to God. You know? (laughs) I'm being obedient, man. Like I said, I'm going obedient. You know, I'm obedient. Okay, so I don't know why I did that. So... But I'm learning as a son, especially because I'm I'm an unperfect father... But my heart burns for my children to be successful 100% of the time. And it, it would grieve me if I knew that there would be blessing on this side if they would just step into it. But if they refuse, then they're, li- they're missing out on, I, on what I know that they can be receiving if they would just step into it. And that's the heart of a human, a human heart, of the, a father of the, you know, in the flesh. Finally, got that out. <laughs> you know. So, I, I just really want to. S- my heart is that every one of God's people will prosper. My heart is that we'd be the head and not the tail. My heart is that people would see the favor of God on our life and that would be a witness. I mean, if you read the story of Joseph, this is an Old Testament revelation that Potiphar saw the favor of God on him and promoted him. You can look through the Old Testament all the way through. You see the favor of God is resting on them and they're promoted by ungodly kings. It wasn't, quote, their skill set, which is good to strive for excellence, go after excellence, but it was the anointing that was resting on them, the favor of God that was resting on them that actually spoke to kings. Take a look at Luke six thirty-eight, And I'll, uh, I'll read it out of both translations. I don't know what it says in the Passion Translation, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it out of that. And I... The good old NIV. How many of you guys have NIV? Oh, that's good. I know. Some of you. Everyone has everything else. Some of you have multiple translations. It's called your iPhone, or your smartphone or whatever they call. It. I can't start a, a feud, right? A split, right? Luke 6:38: "If you give, you will receive. So I circled the word if, i just tell you how I do my Bible. I circled the word if, and then I a, circled the word will, and I just made a connection. If you give, you will receive. Everyone say amen. But there's a condition. The if is the condition. The absolute is Will. So the condition rests with me, the willingness or the action, the absolute is with God. Your gift will be returned to you in full measure, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more and running over. Whatever measure you use in giving, large or small, you will be used to measure what is given back to you. Ooh, Jesus. Always looking out for our highest good. You've got to see it through the lens of a loving dad. Have to. I have no problems with anyone preaching on finances as long as it doesn't turn into manipulation. Manipulation. I have absolutely no, because I've seen it in my own life. Nope. But when it starts turning, when it starts going, that's my pastor's heart going. <laughs> I'm not going to say that again. All right. So, yeah, yeah, anyway. Give generously, and generous gifts will be given back to you. Shaken down to make room for more. I mean, shaken down to make room for more. That's pretty cool. I got to find out where I'm at. There it is. Okay. I'm going to stop pausing. Abundant gifts will pour out upon you with such an overflowing measure that it will run over the top. Your measurement of generosity becomes the measurement of your return. Now, that's black ink in my Bible, but it's going to be red in others. The measure that I give actually becomes the measure that he gives. But not only that, because he's so abundant, he'll give more. Can we draw this? Can we, can we at least we'll, we'll agree on this. I, I believe we'll agree on the many things today. That everything that God has created gives. There is nothing that God has created that doesn't give. Sun gives light, trees give oxygen. If you look through creation, everything God has given, everything God has created gives. There's nothing that God has created that demands or takes. I have come to give you life and that more. I have come to give you life. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Everything that you and I have is a gift. The Holy Spirit is a gift. Salvation is a gift. Redemption is a gift. The grace of God on your life is a gift. The favor of God on your life is a gift. Can't earn it. If you step into the place of earning it, you're moving up, you're climbing the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And you'll just wind up striving and your Christianity becomes a place where there's a measure called burnout eventually. Everything. So everything's a gift. Everything that God does is out of a heart to give. And so when he, listen, when he asks us, when Jesus lays these words out, it's not so he can take something from us. Can you just, can we just change that? It's not that he can. No, it's that he has something over here that's way better. Yes. I mean, do you ever see the? Do you ever see the cartoon? I th- I tell you about that. Last, I wish I would have had a picture of it, but you know, I'll use, I'll use my iPhone. This is going to be a really bad example. But it's a cartoon and it's, the, it's a dad who has a huge stuffed teddy bear in the back of his, like back here. I mean, it's, it's huge, he can barely hold it. And he's asking for this little tiny teddy bear from his child, but the child can't see what's back here. And the illustration is if, and the child's holding on like this because he, think, he thinks that his dad's gonna take it and he'll, he won't get anything in return. But he's asking, if you just give me this, I'm going to give you this. So it's not only in the natural, but more importantly, it's in the spirit. Are you guys all right? Can I just share with you a couple little, say, yes, you can. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to conclude with this. I did this uh, a couple years ago. All right. Wow. You ever? I wish I had a snow shovel, but I don't. I have. I have a shovel. Shovel. Some people really like this. Is an Ames shovel. This is a amazing shovel because I know Ames. No, I don't. I don't know Ames. <laughs> All right, can I I don't know how I'm gonna do this, but we're gonna close with this. So Kenny, you're on the keys. He got there ten minutes ago just waiting for me. I'll hear Jesus for a moment. I mean I'm talking, but just settle in on what Jesus might be saying. To the measure I use is measured back to me. Now if I don't do anything, there is no measure. But God is gracious and life's a gift and he gives us the the air to breathe. I hope he gives us a long life. But to the measure that I use, it's measured back to me. So if I give him a little, then when something is pressing in my life because we all hit financial bumps in the road, can we say amen to that? So, so now I'm petitioning the Lord. Now if I, this is the part I don't under, understand, honestly, I just don't get it. But if I don't give anything to God, and I'm facing a financial situation in my life, it's because I, I value integrity, it's almost like, okay, I'm going to rely on God's grace, I'm going to call out on his name, but I haven't sowed anything into the kingdom. I haven't, I haven't given my, I haven't stewarded the resources well. So how can, I, how can I petition the Lord? Okay, I'm going to petition him anyway, because maybe there will be a level of favor, but there's, there's nothing in the account to draw from. If I give this, and I petition, he's going to say, okay, where's that spoon? I'm going to say, he'll, he'll find it, and he'll okay, here's the measure. And it might be running over, praise God, because maybe mine was leveled off. Maybe he was just running over. Woo, okay, I'll receive it. It's the measure. Measure. So I petition the Lord, and he gives me the measure. But it's because this is, this is my responsibility. This is what I'm doing. This is what Jesus is teaching. Of course, then there's the, I mean, I wish I had a wheelbarrow, Right? So here's the measure. So if, I, if this is the measure I give to God, he uses the same measure to give back to me. And I'll say this. I believe, based on the scripture, that could be very well both in the natural and in the spirit. Now hear me. You can't buy it. You can't buy the things of the spirit. But if I'm tested well here, then that actually provides the doorway if i can use that word that provides the means for the lord says oh i you're faithful here Oh, all of heaven's rejoicing here this is the true riches now this is the true riches this is what i really value cuz it's coming from heaven but the measure is what am i doing with this that's the measure so whether it's a wheelbarrow whether it's a Whatever it doesn't. And I want to say this as we close. I want to turn to one portion, portion of Scripture. You guys all right? Say, PG, we love you. Thanks. Even if you said it in faith, thank you. Wow, this is, this is powerful. Turn to Mark. Mark chapter 12. In fact, I'm going to read this out of the Passion. Mark 12. We'll, we'll close with this. Say, amen. amen. Whoo! he's amen. done with the series. Praise God. All right. Oh, I, I pray for you every day. I, I pray that you would prosper. I, I pray for the Convergence family, that you, we would be the head and not the tail, that you would prosper in everything, everything you touch, the favor of the Lord is resting on you. Every business transaction, every business venture, every entrepreneurial idea, whatever that God could take it and say, oh, you can be trusted here. I'm going to pour, not only that, but it's going to be overflowing. The bosom was, was when, when, when people would beg, they would flip their, their cloak up, their tunic up, and they would, that's where they would receive their food. They receive it here. The overflowing part is that there's so much being poured in there. Tight. He's trying to tighten it, but they spilling out everywhere. That's what I pray for you. I pray for prosperity. I pray for health. I pray for that, for that spiritual family like, like we're in the Silicon Valley. We could change the world. Okay. I don't know, a couple. I got to maybe preach on revival. That actually is coming. Did I even tell you what verse? Thanks for your be- thanks for being patient. Mark twelve forty-one. <clears throat> then he, Jesus sat down near the offering box watching all the people dropping in their coins. That's humbling right there. Like Jesus actually takes note of that. Ooh. Many of the rich would put in a very large, would put in very large sums, but a destitute widow walked up and dropped in two small copper coins worth less than a penny. And Jesus calls his disciples to to gather around, and then he said to them, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given a larger offering than any of the wealthy. That should be a revelation on how heaven measures things. For the rich only gave out of their surplus. He never rebuked the rich. You hear that, right? He's talking about faithfulness. He's talking about measurements. For the rich only gave out of their surplus, but she sacrificed out of her poverty and gave to God all that she had to live on, which was everything she had. To me, that widow is a hero. It's like Jesus is like this. I almost fell over. I did. (laughs) Jesus is like this. And he's, he's watching. And he sees, you know, he sees the widow. He knows that widow. She lost her husband. She's a widow. We don't know how old she was, but she put two little copper coins in, and some of the religious people would say, Only two coins? And Jesus stands up Hey, you guys, come over here for a second. There's a lesson for us. Her offering was the biggest. It's never about how much. It's about being faithful to the Lord with what we have. And really, it's about giving all. Now, I'm not talking about giving away all our money. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about the measurement, the things that he sees. And so some churches w- would applaud the huge offering the rich person gives. Which is, I'm not saying that's wrong. If it's they're fully devoted, fully love God with all their heart, you know. And they give. Now it's interesting that it would say that she gave out of her poverty. I want the heart of that poor widow. A willingness to give all. Thank you, Lord, for the resources. Thank you, Lord, for all the things that you've... Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're a good heavenly father. Thank you. But my life is not my own. It's yours. Yes. It's yours. Can we actually pray that prayer? Yes. Can we actually pray that prayer? Yes. You know, back in the old days, we used to say things like, wherever you tell me to go, I'll go. Yes. If you want me to go to the mission field, I'm, I'm going to go to the mission field. If you want me to go. And that's an easier prayer when you're in your 20s and 30s than when you're in your 50s and 60s. But I want to be willing to say that. My life is not my own. Can that just wash over you again? Can you let that word just wash over you again? My heart's desire is for you and for me to live in this place of radical obedience to the Lord, unto the true riches, unto the true riches. And if you're a part of convergence in any way, shape or form, you know signs and wonders are massive around here. We see fruit all over the place, but we go after it. The presence of God is massive around here. We go after it. We go after things that money can never buy, but grace gives. so let's be good stewards. Can we do that? Can we be good stewards of all our resources? I mean, would I be open if the Holy Spirit said, give your car away? Would I be open if the Holy Spirit said, I don't know. Whatever whatever I have, the Lord says, give it away. Do my possessions hold me? Or am I open to receive and trust God if he's telling me to do it? It's called living on the edge. Our greatest security is in the kingdom. Not in a 401 whatever the number is. B 89 B three, C C3, three, whatever, C three PO like. Though it's not wrong, believe me, it's good to plan. I'm not, not against that. I'm just talking about this commitment of our heart. So let's all stand. Let's close. I'm done. Um. Yep. Yeah, I have a, I have tons and tons of notes. <laughs> I'm not gonna get to. Oh man. All right. We're gonna do this today. Just uh, if you feel comfortable, take the hand of the person next to you. If you don't feel comfortable, still take the hand of the person next to you. I was gonna say something. That I'm not gonna say. The interlock, you know, that's when couples are formed. You know. They hold hands like this. You know. Not like this. So that didn't really work that well. So, Father, we just pray for this house. Lord, I, I pray that we would, we would actually position ourselves for kingdom promotion. Both in the natural and in the spirit. And Father, I didn't say it. You said it, and you heard the Father say it. And so we, we position ourselves and we say all the things that we have that you have blessed us with. I'm talking about not only the resources, but the material things you've blessed us with, the, the job you blessed us with, everything that you blessed us with. We just want to say it, just a fresh commitment, and just say all of that is yours. Just say all, all of it is yours. All of it is yours. It's all yours. And Lord, I just want to be found faithful. That's what it says in Scripture. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. And Lord, this is just a, this is not even a, this is not even a millisecond. It's less than a milli, milli, millisecond in time compared to eternity. So may I do well on earth with what you've given may I sow into heaven may I sow into the kingdom and Lord God when I do I can pray boldly to release heaven on earth and bring revival in my heart and God the miracles people saved and converted would happened all over the region In every business all over the city, all over the Bay Area, we can believe for that. We can believe it's a legal prayer for us to pray. And so, Lord, as we hold hands this afternoon, we're just agreeing with that prayer for all of us in the room. I know your arms are getting a little tired. Can you just take five seconds to say, Lord, bless them really good. On your left and on your right, just bless them really good. Bless them really good. Bless them really good. In the name of Jesus, amen. Can I tell you how many? Yackles? Thank you again for listening. We hope that what was shared in this message impacted your life. For more messages like this, go ahead and subscribe to our Channel.